I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people, categorizing of humans and ideas, you have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Welcome back to another episode of Ideas Digest, the live podcast practice where we explore the ideas that divide us in order to find the humanity that I believe connects us. My name's Conrad and... My usual warning to new listeners, if you're new to the show, welcome, I'm very happy to have you here, but, so welcome, but, I need to be honest, this podcast is not for everybody. Um, Our listenership, if you listen, it's a bit of a yo-yo. I'll release an episode that expresses one point of view, and it will be shared, and people will go, I really like this, this is really great, love it, share, 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 and then the next week, I'll release an episode that might... Uh, express the opposite opinion and then I just watch people bail out they're like well I don't like this and listenership kind of goes down so it's a bit of a yo-yo we're on the roller coaster we're not listening to what the algorithm's telling us to do because algorithms are just like do the same thing mate find your niche I'm deliberately not finding a niche Um, and that's you know that's that's my own problem so be warned you're not entering some kind of little comfortable cozy echo chamber but if you're down to challenge yourself by listening to ideas that might challenge or trigger you or you might disagree with, then if that's why you're here, then, then you're in the right space and you're very welcome to be here. So with the disclaimer out of the way, I just thought I'd get that warning out of the way so people know what they're signing up for when they when they jump on in. Uh, time to introduce new friend of the show. New friend of the show. Now, let me butcher this. Gabriel Finocchio. Uh, close. Yeah. It's like Pinocchio with an F. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay okay for, but, for but no, good, for good no on you for good uh, on yeah, you for okay. trying i like that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you you saw my australian <laughs> class there as we as i just barrel through it gabriel thanks thanks for joining ideas digest hey brother yeah after that intro i feel like i'm i'm definitely in the in the place i want to be this is going to be fun thanks for having me on so we've just met, you know, we fiddled around with technology as we kind of uh, get started here. And let's just say, you know, um, which part of uh, America are you in? I'm in Pennsylvania, East Coast. Oh, Pennsylvania. All right. So let's just say, I've, I've never been to Pennsylvania. I've been to uh, some other states. But let's just say, you know, I run into you outside. Do you have Chipotle in, in we do, Pennsylvania? Yeah. We Surely. do. Come on. Everyone's... It's- Okay, let's let's just say we're, we're buying a burrito. I run into you and we we're, and we get chatting. I'm like, oh yeah, get a mate. My name's Connor. I'm from Australia. Introduce yourself to me. Like we've just met. Top line, surface level information. How do you introduce yourself? Yeah, gosh, I would probably say that I, um, you know, I, I'm a Bible teacher. I, uh, I'm a I'm a simple oh, okay. man. Yep. Uh, uh, as as my brother <laughs> yes. likes to say, a complicated simple simple man. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that I, um, you know, I love Jesus, follow Jesus, and love people, and uh, I'm here to uh, you know talk about things I love. I'm a conversationalist, if you will. I like talking about things, uh, perhaps too much, but I do. So, yeah. Hence why we started talking over the purchase of a burrito. Exactly. So it's, it's How would you introduce you. yourself? I mean, you've got to be, you're the one asking the question. So you've got to be a little bit better at this than I am. 
Oh no, I'm not. That, that's that's the benefit of asking the question. I'd be like, yeah, g'day, mate. I'm from Australia, just traveling <laughs> around. You know, I love to chat, so let's grab a burrito and, and have a conversation. I should have said I love so, burritos. That's what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that that's a given. Exactly. You're at Chipotle, yeah. and as an Australian, here's a hint from my opinion: Mexican food in Australia sucks. So it's overpriced and undersized i think in my I think opinion everything okay? everything um, in, in australia is overpriced let's just let's just go there i remember i was i was trying to buy a cigar in australia and the the, the i went to i fi- when i finally found a cigar shop the guy like almost didn't want to show me the cigars and then i went to this he, he finally i finally bribed him into showing me the cigar uh chest or whatever they were wherever they were hiding the cigars and you they actually posted up the windows that you could see into the humidor so that you can't actually look into the humidor they covered it up and then he opened the humidor yeah he opened the humidor and the cigars which would normally go for like maybe you know six bucks or ten bucks they were like forty dollars for one cigar and i was just i was like this yes. is this is horrible this is pathetic where am i so welcome welcome to australia mate if you want beer and alcohol you're bloody gonna pay <laughs> for it because that money goes into our healthcare system so thank you in advance <laughs> uh so as we've been talking as we've been talking i've been judging you mate i'm gonna be honest i've been i've just met you and you've said some things and i've come up with some assumptions some judgments but rather than walk away from the convers- from our casual meeting here and go, oh, Gabriel, I heard he's this kind of guy, I'm going to confess them to you, Gabriel. And you can, you can correct them. You can go, ah, okay, I think you've missed the mark on that one. Well, let me correct you on there. How, how does that sound? Love it. Okay. So these are copy and paste, probably pretty stereotypical Australian ones we might find after watching, watching uh, what's going on over the ditch for the last couple of months. Um, as we meet, I might go, all right, we're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Gabe, you're a conservative Christian. Yeah. I'm getting that vibe. You're a Bible teacher. You got to be a conservative Christian. (laughs) What what, what was it? Bible or teacher that set you off? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm pretty cluey. I didn't say, I didn't say I'm, I'm spiritual, but not religious, you know? No. So would you say, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, I'd cop that label. I've caught the label. Yeah, I've caught the label. I disagree with it, but I, I've caught the label. Okay. So you would say, no, you'd say, nah, I'm not really a conservative Christian. I wouldn't no, I, I, say I, that would I, I don't, yeah, I don't like using, I don't like using terms uh, that are, that are adjectives instead of nouns. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Well, there's plenty more adjectives coming at you in this segment. Um, yeah, I, I noticed. Gabriel, People love using adjectives instead of nouns. They're much more effective, aren't they? Pe- They're much more effective for people Pencil- who don't think about things, but keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, plenty of non-thinking right here too. Gabriel, you must be. Actually, this one's a noun. I'm going for the hard noun. Give me a you're noun, a mem- baby. You're a member of the, you're a member of the NRA. I'm not. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I do not own a firearm. All right. Oh, you've busted that one. Okay. Yeah. The, the only there's, there's the American stereotype out the window. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody in, in my uh, apartment building. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They'll steal all my Get a books. dog. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I have a cat. Okay. So. 
from maybe the accent we're hearing, uh, you've put us on the wrong path. But let let's go to two uh, political parties over there. It's fifty fifty. Gabriel, you're a Republican. No, I'm not a Republican, and uh, I, I I don't think I would oh, ever. I okay. don't think I don't think I would ever be a Republican. I don't think I would ever be a Democrat. I think I would be uh, an independent voter because I like to uh, reserve my vote for people who earn it instead of just hand, handing it over to okay. a, a party like some, you know, voting zombie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You like the free market of voting. Win I like, my vote is your... <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like I like Republicans and Democrats who, who listen to me uh, and recognize that mm, I, mm. I, as the voter, am the authority and they are my representative. So if they don't, mm. you know, that that's kind of my... You sound my like... <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a believer in democracy. How naive. I'm a, so I, I'm a Democrat. Guilty as charged. I'm yes. A, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good label. Uh, okay. All right. So this one's blown way out of the water then. So you, well, I was going to say you're a Trump supporter, but it doesn't sound like that's headed that direction. You, you want to know whether I like Trump or not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a complex, uh, there's a complex answer to that. And, uh, Mate, that's a yes. If it's not a no, it's got to be a yes. Oh, People is that what we're doing? Hard. It's just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. I mean, then I, I, gosh, I can't, I can't answer that yes or no. So you take whatever you want out of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll let, we'll let the people judge. All right. Let it's the a people not judge. a yes or not a no. Yeah. Okay. Um, it would have made this next one easier if you if you would if you were a hard yes on are you a Trump supporter, um, then the next one people might have you'd be a white supremacist then. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, a better question would be: Am I a Christian nationalist? So if if I say yes to that, then I'm a white supremacist because that's a that okay. Christian nationalism is apparently a dog whistle. Uh, a dog whistle for white nationalism or white supremacy. Uh-huh. It's another describer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. You'd, but, you'd probably but, say but, no to that one. But, All right. but hey, I'll beat you to the punch there. I am a Christian nationalist. Oh, but hang on. Does that mean white supremacist? No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, okay. now, now, I'm, now I'm confused. Now you're but, confused. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's go with, this this next one um uh someone just someone just put through in the comments they said bloody conrad do your homework he's canadian are you canadian i am canadian yeah oh all right so that (laughs) explains see this explains it because i feel like canadians and australians have like a similar sense of humor and you're having like a good time as i judge you whereas you know some other people you know, they might be like, oh, geez, that's a bit harsh. And like, oh, I don't like where this segment's going. <laughs> and so, but your friendly Canadian personality is, is coming through there. So that's yeah, stereotyping. He's, he's love, a friendly Canadian. Yeah, everybody. I love this. I love this. Americans don't. Okay. It's true. Americans have no sense of humor. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> There's a judgment on all you American listeners of the show. Not for me. I love you. I think you're great. But Gabriel doesn't like you. Okay. Christian. Uh Christian, independent, maybe on Trump, a Christian nationalist, you've got to be a climate change denier. 
Oh gosh. Well, it, again, it, some of these are trick questions because I believe in cli- I believe in um, human caused uh, climate change. Well, yeah. What I believe in is pollution. I believe in pollution, but mm-hmm. I, 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 whether pollution is the cause of climate change, that's my. That would be a question that I would still have because I don't believe. Um, I don't believe that it's. It's. I'm. I'm skeptical about the science behind uh, judging whether pollution is the cause of of climate change. Because there's climate, like I believe in climate change. I I absolutely believe in climate change. I just don't know if pollution is the reason for climate change. If that makes any sense. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with some listeners of the show are just going to say yes to that one for you, but okay. then maybe some others might might say no. So I'll let the listeners judge on that one, but. That's not the point of the show. We will move past the judging. And I have one more. I have one more. And I was doing a bit of homework, watching some of your clips. And this one's from from friend of the show, uh, old YouTube commenter. He's not actually friend of the show, but he could be if he wanted to be uh, a a bloke called Stephen Barry. He left a comment on YouTube, which I respect people who leave comments on YouTube, especially ones as long as he did. He said on, on one of your podcast videos, he said, in caps, Gabriel Finocchio blocks people that don't agree with him oh i love that gabriel is that what you do i love that <laughs> and, and, i mean and then he went on to describe he he said he blocks trolls but he's like i'm a law student so he's got his he's got his reason he's not happy you blocked him gabriel is that what you do when people disagree with you do you block them uh no i block people when they troll me i have a zero trollerance <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when, okay, so you're just saying, Stephen, I believe you're a troll, and Stephen is saying, I'm not a I'm troll. I'm not a troll. I just disagree with I'm you. I'm not a troll. Yes. You, I'm and, not a troll. You horrible person. <laughs> well, I'm not to a- Stephen's credit. <laughs> yeah. In this comment, Caps was the most forceful he got. I, I wasn't reading any. Um, he didn't name call you, so. To his credit, we got to give him a bit of credit there. Well, he didn't. He didn't name. But call maybe me. he did. He, yeah. yeah. He didn't. He didn't name call me there. But people, what they do is, you know, when a troll is someone who has no other agenda other than to to essentially cause derision, right? And and so you know, trolls will get on and they'll just take a big steamy dump on your timeline or on your comment section, and they don't, and then they walk away, and it's like. If I came into your home or onto your podcast, I would try to be as respectful as possible while disagreeing with you uh, uh, or agreeing with you in whatever respect. I want to be respectful. And so trolls are notoriously uh, disrespectful. And I I, again, I just have a zero tolerance because, uh, you know, until they can play nice, uh, you know, my my thing is like there are rules to the game. Right. So you got to be able to play nice. If you can't play nice, then you're not allowed to play. That's my thing. Yeah. And now here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing. They can play any anywhere else they want on the internet. <laughs> you know, I believe that if they want, if they want to go and build a wonderful channel and have, you know, whatever kind of public influence, wonderful. I support them. I, I wish them the best, but 
for them to come on right as a troll and just g- jump onto somebody else's platform and begin to act like um the devil essentially it's 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 just not i don't i don't believe that that's how we ought to engage with each other and i don't think it's a it's a healthy thing so i do block people who mm-hmm. troll yes zero tolerance okay <laughs> that that i i like that buzzword and i feel like that opens up a topic we won't get into which is trump getting blocked on twitter we won't talk about that oh. because it's that's a if we were in Chipotle, we would. If we were in Chipotle, I'd be like, Let, let's discuss this. But we're headed a different direction, and that different direction, I probably should have done the clickbait before I did the judgments um, because it would have given more context to the judgment. But here's the clickbait now. I kind of, I don't know, I think I read something, and it was pretty much what you said. Uh, the clickbait is, wake up from your woke theology. I'm, I'm feeling some, maybe some progressive Christians, some liberals bristling as they're like... <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Gabriel? No, they're not. They're not bristling. Woke. They're not bristling. Theology. <laughs> they're not bristling. They're tearing their garments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And crying. So, there's some they're, judgment stone. <laughs> they're crying out loud into the sky, and and saying <laughs> no. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Well, well, we never know. But we never know. probably if their ideas digesters and friends of the show, they're probably going interesting. Tell me more, Gabriel, because we judge and we find out that it's more nuanced. It's more complex. It doesn't really work. These judgments, we get them out of our system. We go, I haven't judged him right. I missed his nationality off the bat. I was just like, ah, mate, I guess, uh, I guess he's American, but no, he's a friendly, friendly, loving Canadian. Um, So (laughs) Gabriel, I want to hand it over to you. (laughs) He's a cool. Well, yes, we are part of the Commonwealth. (laughs) We do have that in common. Um, So... I want to hand it over to you now as, as I guess I saw on like some Instagram posts and some of the things you've gone, it's like, wake up from your woke theology. What is, I guess, starting with how do you define woke theology? What is it? And why should we wake up from it? I presume it's a critique against, uh, certain forms of Christianity. Um, but start where you think best to start with that. Yeah. So gosh, it's a, Really, to be honest with you, the the word woke is just a modern buzzword, right? It's a contemporary word uh, that has been used um, by by people who agree and who people who disagree with the ideology. But essentially what it is, is it's a it's what I'm talking about when I talk about woke theology is liberation theology. Which, 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 which ought to be a recognizable phrase for people who um, are aware of, you know, uh, what went on in the 70s and 80s in um, South America, Central America. And so the idea here is that um, it it, it took place, uh, as I said, in Central and South America, particularly in Nicaragua. And um, it was perpetuated, promulgated by a Catholic priest named uh, Gustavo Gutierrez. And so uh, Father Gutierrez wrote a book called The The Theology of Liberation, I believe in 1971. And he, he, you know, he he studied under um, a a, a gentleman uh, who, who was a part of this other theological movement in uh, Europe called the Nouvelle Theologie. 
and it's called the New Theology. It was coming out of uh, France, and basically it was kind of modernizing uh, Catholic theology. And uh, in modernizing Catholic theology, it was modernizing classical theology and traditional theology and what they what the church, you know, has really always uh, taught over the last you know, 2000 years. And so basically the idea here is uh, he was taking elements uncritically from Marxism and from Freudianism and incorporating them into Christian theology as it pertains to issues of social justice, issues of, of um, you know, uh, the, the social teaching of the church, right? So, so liberation theology it basically ended up being, um, you know, when, whenever you combine uh, uh, secular ideologies uh, with Christianity, you actually end up just getting a lot of secular ideology. <laughs> that's, that's a trend that I've found, you know? Uh, so, so basically it watered down the gospel message and it replaced the gospel message with um, a, a, a theology that was rooted in materialism, a theology that was rooted in, in the kingdoms of this world, basically sacralizing the political sphere and exchanging the political sphere or uh, the, the, spiritu the spiritual sphere uh, for the political sphere. So all, all of that is, is kind of what's going on with woke theology, which is making a resurgence in America. Um, and, and, and other Western countries, because really the, the goal here for, for woke theology is the same goal that you would find in uh, Marxism, which is to create a kingdom of God on earth. And what people are trying to do is make the world a better place without God. And it's, it's simply, unfortunately, not possible to do it. <laughs> it's just not, it's just not possible to do. That's, that's really the bottom line. Well, yeah, just the, the idea that the kingdom of heaven can only be inaugurated by the king of heaven. The kingdom of heaven cannot be inaugurated um, with, with, without Christ as king. Jesus has to be king in order for the kingdom of heaven to, to come down to earth. We can't have we can't even have Donald Trump as as king for for the conservatives and the re, the Republicans out there. Uh, we 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 can't have Barack Obama as king. We can't have anybody as king other than Jesus in order to get the kingdom of heaven. In order to get the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that you're saying that there's this distortion of Christianity that happens when we take secular ideas and secular thinkers and bring that into what you're call like like what what you're talking about is Christianity. And so you're saying it's like distorted the gospel message in in certain ways of saying we can make the earth a better place without God. I guess my question I would have then as we kind of dig and unpack this is when you're saying yeah. it like I guess changes or perverts Christianity as you're talking about it and it changes the gospel message. My questions then would yeah. be, what are you, you talking about when you're talking about Christianity and what do you, what do you define by the gospel message? 
Of course, right. Yeah, so I, I think the easy answer there would be the Apostles' Creed. Uh-huh. Recite it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to recite it? Is it long? Uh, gosh. I know it's in yeah, a Hillsong it's a little, song, so it's... I'm like half familiar. <laughs> well, the, the Apostles' Creed is, you know, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, you know, maker of heaven and earth. And I believe in, 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 in Christ, you know, his only begotten son. I believe in the uh, Holy Spirit. I believe in that, that, uh, you know, Christ was born of a Virgin Mary, that he was, he, uh, suffered under Pontius Pilate, that he was crucified and that he was, uh, he rose again from the, from the dead. I believe in, in the, um, the one true holy apostolic church. I believe in uh, the forgiveness of sins. I believe that Christ will return and judge the world. And um, yeah, that's that's a rough you estimate pa- of it. You passed my quick. You passed my quick uh, pop quiz there. So is, I guess, is that the gospel message? Is like a set of beliefs saying I believe this, 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 and this. Is that what the gospel message is? It's a it's a collection of ideas that we accept to be true. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I mean, yeah, the gospel is um, connected directly to truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so if we believe in truth, then the gospel, the, the gospel message, as it, commonsensically here, we have to understand that the gospel the the word gospel means good news right so if you if you have good news to tell me that's a message and that's something that i have to either accept as good news or not so mm. the gospel isn't good news to everybody <laughs> the gospel is bad news to some people <laughs> why well because because <laughs> because god has given us this feisty little thing called free will and uh, in free will, we can kind of choose to kick against the goads. We can we can choose to say, hey, you know, um, I don't like the way things are going. And uh, I don't like how you're doing things, God. And um, in my opinion, I, can, I think I can do things better myself. And so when we do that, we essentially set ourselves up as God, which is, you know, the ultimate sort of idolatry, which is essentially what we do uh, in 2021. Really, you know, we 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 actually are watching everybody set themselves up as gods and uh, seeing how that turns out. But the idea here is that, yeah, it's not, you know, God, God has allowed us to reject him. And so it's not always good news to people. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, unless you want to unless you unless you don't believe in free will, there are a lot of people who are determinists or fatalists. People don't believe in free will. Um, I, I get that too, but, uh, you know, I, I think we've essentially, uh, you know, I think most of us as kind of an unconscious dogma believe in free will at this mm-hmm. point. So you're saying that if we put ourselves underneath this set of beliefs, this apostles creed, we're saying you, I, I choose to put myself under this worldview, this picture, these beliefs and, and, and the Bible and the gospel as the apostles creed lines out. Uh, And if, and that by accepting that, that's, that's the central 
gospel message is is that is that set of beliefs yes. that we i guess you're saying put our free will in subservience to rather than saying oh i don't know if this is right or wrong you're saying if well if we look at the apostles creed and the bible then the bible will tell us what's right and wrong and i'm not going to decide that for myself i'm actually going to go you know what i choose i choose and trust god in order to in order to um, guide me in what's right and wrong, and I'm going to follow this as defined by this set of beliefs in the Bible. How's that? Well, <laughs> yeah, sort yeah, of. Okay, I yeah. would, I, there's a lot to unpack there. So, yeah. the okay. So basically, I would you know it's an interesting thing when Paul the Apostle is starting his treatise on the gospel in his book called Romans. He's writing to the Roman church and. He says, uh, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He says, the gospel is the power of God uh, uh, unto salvation, right? So so Paul, Paul is like, he's, he's this, whatever this gospel is, whatever this good news is, he's not ashamed of it. He's pumped about it. And it's interesting. He goes from saying that, talking about good news, to uh, the next statement being, for the wrath of God is poured out on this on, on ungodliness. And he talk he goes into this diatribe on how evil the world is. <laughs> and he and he so he goes from talking about the good news to, to directly talking about the bad news. And it's an interesting thing because he, so he builds his whole treatise uh in the book of Romans, which is a you know a brilliant uh, theological statement on what the gospel is and what it means. And so basically he, Paul, Paul starts with the, the bad news first so that people can understand the good news. But I'll say this in discussing the bad news, Paul says that people who don't believe in God are mm. actually without excuse. He says that people, if you, if you reject the existence of a God, uh, of, of a supreme God, a creator of heaven and earth, then you're without excuse. Like God basically says, you know what? I tried and mm-hmm. you didn't, ex- you didn't accept the obvious. You didn't mm-hmm. accept common sense. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 so the first thing I would say is that uh, theism or the belief in God is actually a piece of common sense. It's a, it's in our society, it doesn't seem it's, it's actually not a piece of common sense because we've educated it out of people, but, <laughs> but we've, 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 we've definitely, you know, done, done, uh, taken, taken people to task on that in, in, in an academic way to make them seem like they're, they're the fools for not believing, for believing in a God. But the idea here is that in ancient civilizations, everybody had, a, a an idea of di- of divinity and so <clears throat> and that's not just a christian thing the christian thing is when we explain who the divinity is so the I, so paul the apostle starts out with this idea that the belief in god is not an article of faith it's the preamble to the articles of faith and what so so really the the belief in god isn't even faith it's reason it's just common sense that te- that says, yeah, there's a God. There's a creator of the universe. Um, I didn't create myself. The universe didn't create itself. It's everything comes from something. There's got to be. I mean, this is something that 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 uh, the philosophers could understand themselves. 
And so without Jesus. So again, so it's a kind of a piece of common sense, what we call general revelation. But from mo- moving on from general revelation into special revelation, that's where the gospel comes in. The gospel comes in to explain, a f- the fur- to further elucidate the, the meaning and mystery of general revelation. So we, so it's, it's kind of like every civilization really believes in a God. Well, what we're here to do is, is, is show people who that God is as, as revealed through Jesus Christ. And so that's the idea is that we, we, we preach Jesus Christ. We talk about Jesus Christ uh, because Jesus Christ, Christ talked about himself and he pointed to himself and he says, if you want to understand God, look at me. Mm-hmm. And basically that's, that has been, and that has been the tradition of the church over the last 2000 years. And that's why I pointed to the apostles creed because that creed is, is a concise, um, explanation of the gospel that the church has always taught. It's a consistent message. It's, it's, it's basically like, it's not like the church has been like, we're going to keep back all of this, not this knowledge from you. And you have to figure it out yourself. The church was like, no, no, no. From the earliest stages, the church was like, no, here's the truth. And here's the tradition of truth. Uh, do do you believe this? And if you don't believe this, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you're not gonna be you're not gonna be a part of of the mm-hmm. church. You're not gonna be considered a Christian if if you don't believe uh, in this. And and um, yeah. So go and, ahead. Yeah, yeah. When I you're can, when you're talking yeah. about like th- like believing in Jesus and in the Apostles' Creed and the gospel and taking that um, and you're using the words believe in this with. 33,000 or more Protestant denominations alone, Christian denominations, probably more, there seems to be a lot of like variation in what people, and this is why I asked the question, like define the gospel, because there's a lot of, there's so much variation in what people are defining the gospel the world over. And even within America itself, there's like a crap ton of different Protestant denominations that will have their different they'll say, no, no, Paul meant this. And that results in, in a different belief. And, and, you know, the tradition I come from, they go, they go, oh no, like, well, we don't believe in a literal hell because, you know, and that's a different Protestant denomination. So, so like these beliefs that you're establishing that kind of make up the gospel and what it is to be Christian, there's so many different variations, which is why I guess I asked the question of like, define the gospel. And I guess, what does it look like? to be following this creed uh, the best or the way it should be followed, given like given there's so many different ways. Are you kind of saying that, and I'm not even certain of what denomination you're coming from, are you saying there's like, you know, Protestantism in general is kind of on the right path, but, or are you saying that the Protestant denomination that you're coming from, like now that has like the, the real central gospel message, unpack that for me. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple things here. The first, the first is that um, it is interesting when people make the claim that there are 30,000 Christian denominations or 33,000 or whatever the, the, the word, the number you used was, because to be honest with you, I don't know if I can count more than 10. (laughs) So, so, I mean, unless you're, can you count more than 10? That you no, know I of? just I just Google I just Googled this stuff. 
And I think oh, there's okay, like okay, different, okay. different divisions. But let's go with 10. Like, let's even go with like the number of 10 or 15. Like we, ones we can think of. Well, there's this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. They all have different th- doctrines, different sets of belief, different ways of... They would have... If I asked what's the gospel, they would have slight variations on their definition of what yeah. the gospel is. And I guess my question is, is yeah. like, how are you mapping which one is the gospel as the set of beliefs? Well, I, w- I will say again that it's, you know, even if it was more than, you know, um, I- even if we were into, uh, you know, six digits, it's actually getting a lot easier. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's actually be- getting a lot easier to define, um, uh, to, to actually find which, de- which denominations are Christian and which aren't. Because so many denominations are either losing all of their people and because their people are old and dying off uh, and, and, and the young people want nothing to do with it. Uh, and, uh, and, and mainly because they're liberalizing and they're, they're actually, there's like this deliquescence, you know, there's this, yeah. there's this, uh, there's this evaporation taking place uh, within their, within their pews because there's a there's an evaporation taking place within their theology and i really believe that that's actually the 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 end game of liberal theology in a sense is or at least when i say liberal what i mean there Mm, is uh theology that denies the historicity of the church theology that denies the tradition of the church the tradition of the apostles creed and the other Mm -hmm. creeds that the church formed and, and made. Um, when you deny that, you end up uh, you end up not believing in anything. And that's actually an ironic point about What's the, the history Creed. that they're denying, you think? Well, ju- just just one yeah. just one second. I'll, I'll answer that in just yeah. a second. The ironic thing about the Apostles Creed is that it says, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. The, the credo is I is 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 I believe. Well, what ends up happening is when you deny the the credo when you deny the creed you end up not believing in anything which which actually leads to obviously the destruction of of whatever you did believe before which are like denominations and explain which explains how denominations are dying the mainline denominations uh, but it also explains how i think it was malcolm muggeridge who said that when people don't believe in god it's not that they 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 believe um they end up believing uh, in something else, it's it's that they'll believe in anything else, and uh, p- there's there's this kind of like void that's formed. Anyways, what was your question about that? Uh, with like when you're saying this liberal um, liberalism, and and it's interesting for an Australian, we we don't really have that dirty word of like, oh, he's gone liberal, he's a liberal, and so you're yeah. saying like this this liberalization of Christianity denies the historicity of it. What do you mean? Like, what's the history they're denying there? What's being denied as far as the history of the the church? Well, again, so the Apostles' Creed was formed as a uh, historical creed. Um, uh, particularly, if you want to date, you can go to the Nicene Creed, which was formed uh, at the Council of Nicaea in three twenty five A.D. And uh, it was formed by the church fathers. It was formed by the, the people who were who were in charge of the church at that time and who had who could easily point to uh, the, the, their predecessors 
and the predecessors of the predecessors. <laughs> and and a, a, basically, they could easily point to a, a succession of leaders within the church. And so what you see is that the church has the, the church emerged as a unit united uh, unit as as a uh, united thing as a, as a, its own organism. It wasn't just a collection of people uh, who happened to agree with each other. It was it was actually an organism. It was actually a living thing, and they formed the well, the Apostles' Creed was the basis for the Nicene Creed, which was an a little bit more of an explanation of the Apostles' Creed. But when people deny th that historical uh, basis of doctrine, um, which is literally, again, like this is the root system of the tree. So when people look at Christianity and they don't like certain things on the branches, I get that. If they don't like certain fruits that the tree is producing, I get that. But if they're if if what they don't like is the root of the tree... Well, then what they don't like isn't even Christianity. You know what I'm saying? And like, what do you think they're they, pointing at to when they're, when they're no, changing no, it no, and denying it? They just want another tree altogether. Like as if, 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 I, if, I, if I uprooted a tree, if I uprooted a tree, like let's just use kind of common analogies here. If I uprooted a tree, then, then I'm destroying the tree by uprooting it. If you cut something off at the roots, you're destroying the thing that so, you love. So, so what is liberalism destroying, I guess? What what are you saying that are the roots itself, of the Christian it's, tradition? It's, itself. That, yeah. So I, so yeah. when you look at like liberation theology, let's let's go specifically for that because I've had a few previous guests on the show talk about liberation theology. Um and let me well, do a bad summary of it. Like the idea that Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven being here and now, and we are to work for the betterment of the kingdom of heaven and more like less oppression, fight against injustice. These are the ideas that kind of come through a liberation theology. What does that do that you're saying is killing the roots of the Christian tradition. Oh, okay. Marxism. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Marxism. Well, so it is, it, it is actually an important thing to note that yeah. uh, liberation theology, when it emerged was condemned unilaterally in the Catholic church. Now I'm not a Catholic, but um, the, the powers within the Catholic church who were the guardians of the deposit of faith, and the tradition of the of the faith immediately recognized Marxist elements within th liberation theology, and uh, and they condemned it. They they condemned it as heretical, and so that right there is a signal to to how how you know Christian it really is. The cat the Catholic Church obviously you know condemned it as a heresy for fundamental reasons because it was Marxist and Marxism. As an as a secular ideology, an atheist, godless ideology has been condemned by the church uh, a number of times as well. So, so where is like, because I guess there's, this is where we have to kind of define terms to understand what, what you're getting at there. As far as like, as an American, there's a, a particular, and you're not an American, you're Canadian, like American <laughs> listeners of the show w would be thinking yeah. like, when you hear Marxism and socialism, like, to us Australians, it's always like exaggerated, overplayed. We're like, listen, mate, like 
having a healthcare system in your Canadian isn't so isn't like socialism. Well, it's a no, socialist it's program, but I'm not a socialist. I just get free healthcare, right? And so and and you, True. you get some people True. exaggerate and they go, Oh, that's Marxist, that's this, and they you they just kind of throw the word. And so because yeah. it's easy to say it's Marxist and therefore it's bad. So I guess when you're saying what's within this Marxist ideology, you're saying there that it's it's an ideology that doesn't have God at the center. So it's something that we should be wary of from the beginning. So I suppose what's within the Marxist ideology that's within liberation theology that makes it problematic. Okay, so yeah, that's a good question. So basically, <clears throat> Marxism is is an ideology that is godless it is based on a materialist not a materialist uh uh view of the the universe monism if you will which kind of means so, there's no supernatural it's like all that we can see can be measured there's only natural. what can be like physical natural there's nothing beyond that yeah is that's what you're saying exactly there? exactly yeah. exactly so the, the the supernatural does not exist uh all things are 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 natural and uh, not only are all things natural, all things are economic. <laughs> okay. And so there's yeah. this there's this economic there's this economic supremacy, if you will, that people are all motivated by the same thing, which is, uh, you know, um, it, uh, property ownership. That yeah. that people all want to to own property, and property is power. And so far, I actually agree with with the principle of property. Yeah. Uh, I do agree with the principle of property, um, but I don't agree that that everyone's only ever motivated by by uh, ownership of property, and that um, and that history itself is reveals this, mm -hmm. and that also there's no God, because mm -hmm. again, if as soon as you kick out the ladder from underneath you by saying that there is no God you have no moral authority. There's no moral authority because mm -hmm. there's nothing higher than man to appeal to. Mm -hmm. So you can't say that, you know, I, you know, I don't believe in a God like an atheist can say, well, I have the same morality as you, but that's kind of just like, you know, a monkey being able to do the same tricks as you, you know, like that's not say the monkey, the monkey can imitate you. There's, there's a simian process where it can, it can be similar. No, uh, or am I lost? I'm calling atheists for the record. I'm calling atheists monkeys. No, I'm not. Oh, no. that's, gonna, that's not going to go down. Well, <laughs> you monkeys. I'm totally, I'm totally, I'm, I am totally not calling atheists monkeys. Yeah. I'm what I'm doing for, for people, for people who are having a difficult time disassociating those two <laughs> statements. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that uh, a simian ability, right. Is not the same as a, uh, as an authentic ability, as, mm -hmm. as a genuine ability. In other words, mm -hmm. Just because just because an atheist can share my morality, that doesn't mean that he invented it. That doesn't mean that he came right, up with okay. it. In fact, it just all, all it means is that if he was left to himself, he wouldn't have come up with it. Mm -hmm. And he would just come up with something else. That's a variation of his own own ideas. But so, my morality, I my, I didn't come up with my morality. Uh -huh. I, I God came up. God came up with my morality. Mm -hmm. And so. What I do is I say, thank you, God, for that wonderful way of doing things mm. that you've revealed. And I appeal to God when I want to have a revolution. 
<laughs> so I, appe- I appeal to God when I want to change things. But it, Marxism doesn't appeal to God, uh-huh. but it still wants the revolution. And that's uh-huh. why the revolution is always a massacre. That's why the revolution, as, as uh-huh. you know, liberation theology did take root in Nicaragua or in, under the Sandinista, Sandinista regime. And there were massacres. You know, every time Marxism has been applied to society, it has always ended in massacre. I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about a few hundred people killed here and there, Mm -hmm. like some war or something. It's I'm talking about a bloodbath. And Mm -hmm. and the reason why is because the goal of Marxism, the the, the root is rotten because it rejects God. But the Mm -hmm. goal is also rotten because, as I said from the beginning, what it wants to do is essentially what Christianity wants to do. It wants to bring the kingdom of God to earth, but it doesn't want Christianity. It doesn't want Jesus as a part of its organizational mm-hmm. scheme. Yeah. So, it, so it says, it says, Hey God, we'll take it from here, you know? And basically we're mm-hmm. going to make the world a better place on our own. And the yeah. truth is, is that if we've learned anything from human history, there's no nation uh, there's no religion. There's nothing that's made the world a better place outside of Christianity. So, if I'm, I think, I think I'm understanding what you're saying and defining Marxism. There, I think you've done a good job. So, it sounds like what you're saying is that the Marxist worldview, because it doesn't subscribe to this idea that there is a God and we are created, you're saying there's no sacredness in human life. There's no objective morality that shapes us as humans. And Marxism sees the world through a lens of class struggle and economic struggle. It, it, it enters the world through the worldview of you have property, we don't. This is now we need equality and we need to fight for it. And we will do so by any means necessary because there is no sacredness of human life. There's only, it's only through the lens of class struggle and inequality. And we need to make everyone equal and we will do that through any means necessary. And you're saying that that worldview, because there is no God at the center of it, inherently is reduces, reduces oversimplifies the world to this one dimension of class struggle and also is problematic because if there is no sacredness to human life and there is no morality beyond it, that's why you're saying it leads to violence and revolution and massacres. Is, is that kind of what you're saying is the problem and the crux with Marxism? Uh, yeah, a, there's a lot in there that I, that I said <laughs> that I agree with, uh, but yeah. it's, it's, it's essentially, it is essentially rooted in <clears throat> the fact that when you deny divinity, you end up denying dignity. Huh. And when you deny dignity, you end up destroying humanity. You end up creating a massacre, a bloodbath. I mean, look at what happened in, uh, Russia. Look at what happened in Spain in the uh, the Spanish Spanish mm. Civil War of 1936. Look at what happened in China. Over a hundred million people have been killed and slaughtered and 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 lives, souls, eternal souls destroyed because of communism in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. I mean, what other like? What other ideology is responsible for that much death? Nazi- Nazism, which is a horrible ideology, yeah. equally terrible to a degree. Uh, Nazism couldn't 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 come close to that number. There's something very very wrong with the notion mm-hmm. that um, 
that you can achieve utopia. I like what Peter Hitchens says on this. He says that utopia is um, only ever arrived at across a sea of blood and you never get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I hear um, some of my, uh, it, what, what's, the, what's the word? What are my, in, my quote unquote intellectual friends who like, I got a friend who's, who's a researcher. I hear him in my head just kind of saying like, like Marxism, authoritarianism, communism. He, I can hear him saying like, there's a collapse of category there that I think a longer discussion we'd have to unpack like the difference between Marxism, communism, authoritarianism, Leninism. I, I don't really want to head that direction, but I want to, I want to come to the core of what you're talking about. Well, here. whatever what, what the, the root, the root, he, the root in that, let me just yeah. give a short answer there. Yeah. The root in that I've already touched on the root is whenever you have an absolute dictator, an absolute monarch and, and any, any time someone says, I am the final authority. Anytime that that happens, run for the hills. <laughs> run for the hills. When you say, like, what other kind of ideology can lead to that level of suffering and what you're saying there, which I think, and this is what I'm tr- I always try and pull out, I think there's things that when people push past the initial political polarization and political categorization that comes with emotionally charged words like Marxism, communism, and liberate like liberals and things like that if we push past you're saying if anything becomes our absolute goal god and aim it leads us to destroy one another because there is no sanctity of human life and and specialness that you're saying comes from god so when to answer your question when you're talking about what other worldview results in so much damage i can hear friends of the show that might sit on the political left of the spectrum saying capitalism when capitalism becomes the ultimate root goal people are reduced to mere engines of profit profit is made at all cost what's the end result of people being reduced to profit well that ends up in people being exploited for cheap goods that we buy over here it results in controlling other countries to gain resources so that our capital economy is stronger than theirs it's like i can see these threads that pull through that people might pull out through both sides of the quote-unquote political spectrum because it sounds like your central point is saying if your god becomes anything other than what you're talking about as the gospel message or god it will lead to suffering and wars and and loss of life can you see the parallels there or you think it's too much of a stretch i agree with you Mm. yeah that's and i and i think that's what's that's what i think is interesting in that We'll have people um, for, like that central idea, I think, isn't as controversial as maybe it people might think it is initially. So I want no, to take think a cap. Yeah, I think, no, I think I think cap. I think capitalism is wicked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now 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 let's annoy so the other it, side. Continue. <laughs> yeah, let's annoy the let's annoy the other side. Let's equally offend everyone. Yes. <laughs> Let's go around the room. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't think that capitalism is. Uh, I don't think putting uh, uh, money as the greatest power in the state mm-hmm. um, is is right. I think that's called plutocracy, and I think it gets mm-hmm. directly in the way of any other sort of government, including uh, democracy. And I think it's it's. Uh, I also think that uh, the profit motive. Um, being the essential motive of the economy is wicked. 
because it causes greed and it causes people to destroy uh, entire industries through monopoly. And mm. um, yeah, I, I, I think it, and it, it rapes the earth and it uh, rapes nations and mm. uh, it causes wars and it's, it's wicked and it should be, you know, absolutely uh, prohibited. And it causes, you know, usury. I mean, we can go down the list of things that it causes. Yeah. It it cre- it, it literally it it literally creates evil industries. Like uh, pornography is an evil industry. I think pornography is essentially high paid prostitution, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely high paying. It's over, you know, a ten billion dollar industry <laughs> for watching girls have sex, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's the idea here. Is it's that's all capitalism that, that created that mm-hmm. capitalism is the result of, you know, when people say that everything you enjoy in life is, is from capitalism, I say, well, what about everything I don't enjoy? <laughs> so, you know, right, what, yeah. what about, yeah. what about all the horrible things of, uh, mm-hmm. in, in life is capital capitalism isn't responsible for those things too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's only responsible for the good things. Um, no, I, I don't believe that capitalism is right. I believe capitalism is is chaos. It's a, it's mm-hmm. essentially economic barbarism. And so mm-hmm. in that sense, I'll actually say that, you know, if there are people who are listening to you uh, who who are Marxists or who s- sympathize with socialism, um, mm-hmm. I would I, I would say that, um, you know, I do agree uh, with the, I, the with the fact that there there is such a thing as the proletariat. I believe in the proletariat. I, I believe in it's, and I believe it's an injustice. So I agree that people are being taken advantage of, and that people are being hurt, and and that that the poor are having their faces, you know, ground, and that they are being uh, essentially neglected, and and that destitution is the 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 earmark of our society. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I mean. I believe that, that that's all wicked and that should we should find remedies for those things. I just don't believe that um, I don't believe that communism is a better answer than capitalism. I, I don't I, I don't believe that that it's better to uh, chop your arm off uh, because you because your your you know your wrists have been slit or something you know mm. like you're bleeding out you need help mm. but i don't believe you should amputate your arm and i think communism is essentially amputation marxism is amputation socialism is amputation it's mm-hmm. a simple remedy it's an extreme remedy but i don't believe it's the only remedy so stepping back into the world of your critique of liberation theology and it sounds like you're saying it's adopted too many ideas from a Marxist worldview that's about class struggle and making the world a better place. What do you say to the progressive Christians, I suppose, like the Richard Rawls or the Rob Bells, that might fit close to this category of liberation theology, saying, when I look at Jesus, I see him healing the sick, the blind, bringing the kingdom of heaven. I hear him saying, the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's amongst us. I am here now. The Holy Spirit dwells amongst <laughs> And we're called to yes. essentially bring the kingdom here by loving, serving, fighting against injustice. Um, they might use the story of Jesus turning over the tables, essentially getting angry and critiquing exploitation of people in the, in the temple, being like when people are 
when when my house is reduced to a place of profit and commodity, that's what made Jesus angry. What they might say, I'm just looking at what Jesus is doing and saying, and and I just want to follow what He's doing, and so I want to love, I want to fight against injustice, I want to do everything I can to bring Jesus's kingdom here now. What do you see as the problem or the danger that comes from that worldview? Well, as I said before, um, there's, okay, well, yeah, there's a problem here that Mm -hmm. unfortunately men who, you know, the, I've, I've typically found that people, um, people who, who are actually kind of on the left, uh, who are Christians, they actually do, they're, they're on the left, I think, because they really genuinely care about people. Um, and they love, they love people. Um, and there's a lot of like compassion that I see, uh, but there's not a lot of thinking that I see. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that's, 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 so so I, I, I see a lot of feeling and the feeling is, is many times good, but, but, but we're not just called to feel, we're called to think, you know, if, if I'm, um, if, if, if I'm feeling, you know, some heat on my hand, it could be because, um, I, my hand is on the stove, right? And it's being burned, you know? So the idea here is I got I to gotta identify what is causing the feeling and what, and, and think through these, these, these ideas. The first thing I would say is that in Christianity, we make a distinction between nature and grace. We make a distinction in Christianity between people who have been regenerated by the spirit of God and by the grace of God and who are able because of the love that they have for God to keep the commandments and to do so in a way that loves their neighbor. You see, uh, and, and then and then we make another distinction between uh, the person who's not regenerate, who hasn't been born again who hasn't had a regenerative experience by the grace of God and hasn't been baptized into the church. And if they haven't been baptized into the church, then they're incapable of loving God to the degree that they're, they ought. And they're also incapable of loving their neighbor to the degree that they ought. And mm. so what we're doing is we're saying that, well, we want everybody to love everybody. Well, that's not, it's not possible for everybody to love everybody unless you have been baptized and born again. And, and, and there is a new creation. The Bible talks about being a new creation in Jesus. Well, that new creation takes place at baptism. And if you haven't been baptized, then you're not a new creation. You're dead in trespasses, which is what the Bible says. The Bible says that your sins have separated you from God. In Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says that we have separated ourselves. There is a there is a chasm of relationship and fellowship between us and God, and only Jesus can fill that chasm. That is the whole purpose of the gospel, to bring us into fellowship with God, to bring us back into reconciliation. So the idea here is uh, people need God in order to be good. <laughs> people people yeah go ahead how many to to kind of narrow this down because i think i'm i think i'm understanding it how many people then would you say because as, as you're saying we can only love with god we can't make the better the world a better place unless 
we do it with God's help. And if you're trying to make the world a better place without subscribing to Christianity or um, or, or believing in Jesus or believing in the in the creed, you're saying it's not possible. So I my my question is, how many people then, as you kind of look around, how many people? have accepted God and are following the right Christian way? Like, is it is there a certain denomination that's doing it correctly that you're saying this is the way it has to be done? Or is there a... Because I suppose the more liberal arm of Christianity would say that there's there's a broad church and there's many different ways of doing it and everyone's kind of following God that way. But it sounds like you're describing a more narrow pathway to being able to accept God or have the right beliefs in order to then make the right, make the world a better place from being changed and doing it through God's power. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that goes back to why I was talking about the creeds because there are, there are essentials. There are essentials in the faith. And St. Augustine said that in the essentials, we have to have unity and uh, in non-essentials, we can have liberty. So I'm not saying that you know, there, we can't ha- we can't agree to disagree on mm. on um, secondary and tertiary and quaternary issues. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is that we have to be in agreement about primary issues. And, and, and those primary, primary issues is- are the beliefs yeah. that are outlined in the Nicene Creed. Uh, in in the I would say the primary issues are outlined in, in the in the creeds of the church. Yes, the creeds of the church. Which, which church? Is the 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 church, the only church that made creeds. I don't know which of one? another church that made creeds. Which yeah, which w- church made creeds? Which yeah, yeah. church made which creeds? One? I don't know. There's, Tell there's, me. Well, there's only one. There's only one church that made creeds. Yeah. Which one's that one? <laughs> Whatever the one was that made the creeds. So I who has that now? The, I suppose. I so would you're say saying it's the back ancient... then it was that was that one church, but who still holds to it now? That you're saying this church well, is well, still holding well, to it. Well, I mean, we're not talking in a vacuum here. You know, things have happened in in the past um, that have schismed the the unity of the church. So there was a schism. There was a That's big right. schism between the, the east, the eastern, and the western church a thousand years ago. So many, um, so many splits. That's well, right. So no, we can't read history backwards. So I would say that there was a big schism between east and west um, and, uh, a thousand years ago. Um, and then after that, there was a schism within the Western church called Protestantism, the Protestant mm-hmm. Reformation. And so th- that is that is the proper historical historical line of thinking. But even within Protestantism, within, you know, there was there were no churches that denied the Apostles Creed up until maybe, I don't know, 50 years ago, 75 years ago. You know, to be generous, a hundred years ago, I would I would genuinely try to figure. I would genuinely try to find any church that uh, that denied the Apostles' Creed and the elements and the the fundamentals of the faith. And as I said, what we're seeing is that churches who deny those elements, those primary ingredients, they disappear because nobody ends up believing in anything. And you can have a better time at yoga. So why don't just why don't you just go to yoga instead of going to church on Sunday? Like right. screw screw going to church on Sunday. If I just wanted to believe whatever I wanted to believe, then I'd just believe whatever I wanted to believe. And I wouldn't go to church, which they aren't. 
They're not going like we're not talking when we talk about liberal Christians, we're talking about people who don't go to church. We're talking about people who don't really believe in anything that the Bible talks about, aside from what they want to to believe. We're not talking about people who actually like study their Bible, read their Bible, read it plainly without prejudice. Um, We're talking about people who just don't really believe in Christianity and what they like are the good vibrations of Christianity. <laughs> so they they kind of they kind of just like they kind of just they're they're all along for the ride. I, but though uh, what I'm trying what I'm trying to say is that they end they end up falling off the bandwagon, dude. Uh, it's because yeah, okay. it's because it's always been it's always been a bandwagon for them. They're not really interested in historic Orthodox Christianity. What they're interested in is is them themselves. They're interested in what they want to believe. Which is fine. Like, that's great. To, to nail this down, I, I suppose, because I think the, yeah. the picture you've painted there of progressive Christians, I think explains your opposition to uh, the progressive Christianity or um, Christianity that holds some form of liberation theology. So to, to, make it, to narrow it down and get really specific, like guys like Rob Bell, who, would, who have been defi- described as liberal Christians or... Um, yeah authors like i mean catholic authors like richard Rohr, if you're familiar with his any of any of his writings like they actually say the opposite they because as i've spoken to rob bell he would say no no i'm taking this tradition very seriously they would say to you i love what you're talking about is 200 year old christianity but i that like he would say i'm going back to the history the origins in the history of christianity so you're both kind of saying a similar thing they're both that but you're coming out at different ends i just that's a fascinating that's a fascinating argument um or explanation explanation i i've literally i would love to um to see um how rob bell i love rob bell by the way i love his his writing is amazing um, although his thinking is a little bit, you know, I disagree with some of his thinking, but, um, yeah. he, but, but, you know, I would, I would really try to figure out what he's specifically pointing to. Um, cause I could specifically point to a doc, a first century document like the Didache. Uh, the Didache is very specific. It's a, it's, it's, it was a first century, uh, new Christians class. You, you could say a catechism course. The Didache specifically talks about things uh, that are that that are elemental, that are fundamental to Christian faith, and that's a first century document. And then if you go to the second century, you got a guy like Irenaeus, uh, Irenaeus, uh, who famously wrote. Uh, he was really one of the first apologists of Christianity that defended Christianity. You know, he, this is actually an interesting thing that in the development of Christian doctrine what you actually see is the same sort of thing um, that you see in the development of like a body. Like when, when a body gets a virus, it fights against the virus tooth and nail, right? We're all aware of like coronavirus and stuff. Well, when the church began to have infiltrations of various doctrines that were not considered Christian and Orthodox, uh, the church fathers fought against those doctrines. And so what you'll see is every single time there was somebody who came up with a cool new idea that, that they wanted to incorporate into Christianity, the church fathers would say, no, that's actually not something that we've ever believed. 
and the church would identify that particular belief as a heresy, uh, which means the word heretic comes from the word to take. And the idea was that a heretic was taking something away from the, the, the deposit of faith. He was taking something by, by suggesting a change in doctrine. He was taking away from what had all, always been taught by the church. And so, as I said, you, you, you have a second century guy like Irenaeus who writes against what he calls Gnostic heretics, uh, who actually interestingly sound a lot like Richard Rohr. <laughs> and that's the other thing. When the more that you read tr Christian history, the more that you read Christian theology, um, the more you realize that these ideas are not new. Uh, this whole Christ consciousness thing, that's a Gnostic idea. Um, and if you if you study ancient Gnosticism, it was rejected immediately right out of the gate of the of the early church. So I just don't understand people who who want to talk about the early church rationally um, and and also want to say that that you can be, you know, you can buy into all the the the, the heresies that the early church clearly rejected. I want to take, and I should have, I, I should have done this earlier, but I want to take a hard left turn into you, Gabe. Love I, it. Tell me about yeah. your upbringing, your education, and kind of what led you into the Bible teaching work that that you're doing right now. Like you grew up in Canada, I'm guessing. I did. I grew up in in that socialist. That bloody socialist state Cauld game. Cauldron. <laughs> that damn free healthcare. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I like free healthcare, but, um, you know, it's good. But it's like, if you have to, like a buddy of mine, his mom had to wait like nine months to get knee surgery, you know, whereas in the States, if you, you have just the pay money, $100,000 for it. To... Awesome. Well, if you have... If you have, well, I should say, if you have the insurance, you know, if you have the insurance, you can pay it and get it, get it through your insurance kind of immediately. So, you know, I'm a fan of two tiered systems, you know, like, hey, let's, let's offer something for, uh, that covers everybody. But if people want it a little bit quicker, they can get it if they have the money, you know, or if they have the insurance, but, but back to it you, is what Gabe, it is. back um, to you, tell me about you. Yeah. So gosh, you know, um, I was raised uh, a, a PK, uh, yeah. Pastor's okay, pastor's son, kid, yeah, pastor's kid. And uh, are you a pastor's kid? No, sadly, I can't relate. Okay, oh, <laughs> dude. I mean, I don't even know if I can continue the conversation. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bad influence guy. You got to be my friend. You know, we have. A <laughs> it's just that we have kind of like a secret society, you know, ah, club okay. members. So I no, uh, so want to hang out one time. My dad. <laughs> My, my dad is a pastor. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, 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 my dad is a wonderful man. Uh, the kind of Which guy. Which denomination? Who, you, interestingly, non-denominational. Uh-huh. And is that what you are uh, now? My dad. I am, I am non-denominational. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so basically yeah so grew up in a christian home and uh you know my parents were probably hmm, you know growing up they would even admit that they were probably a little too strict on certain things um so you know growing up it was very um you know very conservative on certain things like i wasn't allowed to watch movies that weren't black and white <laughs> don't you dare play a color game boy 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's Super Mario in that red suit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All of your, all of the people listening on the 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 chat are like, "Oh, that explains his black and white theology." You know? <laughs> oh, um, that you gave him a good <laughs> self burn. I appreciate that. I just wanna, I just wanted to beat them to the punch. Um, well, yeah, well played. But it's, but I will say that you know, I, I uh, now that I'm older, I, I think I've seen through a lot of that and. Um, and you know, but, but all that to say, yeah, gr- grew up in a, in a more conservative home, uh, using that word that I hate, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a good time, uh, in terms of, you know, knowing God, um, it, it, my, my father was the kind of man who was the same person on Monday that he was on Sunday. And that is a massive issue. Um, and I think that that's actually one of the reasons why people, uh, in my opinion, uh, leave the faith. They leave Christianity. They may be raised in Christianity, but if they do not have a godly influence in the home, I think that they quickly see the hypocrisy and they see how useless it is to believe in God, to, to say you believe something uh, uh, Sunday and then live an entirely different way on Monday. And I, I just don't think that that, that flies for people. And I think that rightly so they reject Christianity. Um, you're talking, you're using the word godly there as, as almost like a consistent positive, like by the fruits, right? That's kind of what you're saying when you're saying like godly in the sense that he like he might believe something, but he also acts in in line with that, and then the outcome of those actions are like uh, leading towards more love and hope and those things. And when you have that consistent influence, you're saying if you don't have that, then you see what people say they believe, but then if if the actions are different, that's what you're saying is like causing people to just go, no, nah, I can't get on board with this and bail out. Yeah. Nobody wants to be, nobody, nobody, nobody wants to be duped. No, nobody wants yeah. to be lied to. And once people figure out, you know, once they peer behind the wizard of Oz's curtain and they figure out how, how things are being run, if those things are not, uh, if the faith is not authentic, if, if the parents aren't living the faith, and if they're not teaching the faith by their lifestyle, you know, children see everything. Children see everything that, you know, a, a, a child sees what his dad really is or his mom really is. And so and so that's why it's so important for parents to be consistent in the home, to be real, not to be fake. I mean, if you want to be fake, just 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 leave, just go to another religion, you know, where you and can you, be fake. You know, and you felt like you had that growing up. I had a, yes. And so even though my parents, even though I didn't have a perfect childhood, you know, nobody really does, but even though I didn't have, you know, even though I couldn't watch, you know, uh, uh, what was it? I think it was the little mermaid. My, my mom wouldn't let me watch the little mermaid. <laughs> yeah, a, not that I wanted, I not that I wanted to. In that I, movie, you probably, probably. They should. kiss in that movie. <laughs> No, I th- I think I think she I think she I think it was that in Smurfs or something like that. Just anytime my mom got weird vibes from a movie, she would be like, "No, you're not watching that," you know. <laughs> so it was one of those it was one of those things, but you know, so but even even like the little things that annoyed me growing up, uh the big they got the big things right. They got the main things right. And um and so basically it was so easy for me to 
to, 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 to believe in Christ because I had already believed in God through my parents, through my father. Mm. And so it was, it was just such an easy transition to believe in Christ. And when I was 12 years old, I basically had a confirmation type experience and people who don't grow, who haven't grown up in the Catholic church or in a historic church, um, you know, they wouldn't recognize the, the phrase, but basically confirmation or chrismation is an ancient practice where, um, you know, a, a person will be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's, it's a sacrament where you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was at a youth conference when I was 13 or 12, and I think it was 12, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I had the most incredible encounter with the grace of God that transformed my life. And I would say that that infilling of the Holy Spirit was the most incredible, eye-opening, illuminating, most powerful thing. It was like being shot out of a cannon. It was, it was wonderful. So uh, basically, yeah, that, that set me on a trajectory. And uh, then I started, you know, maturing and asking questions. And that's another thing. My dad never, my dad never, sh never shunned uh, asking questions. You know, he was, he was never, um, he, he was never uh, the kind of person to, uh, you know, deny that there were answers or to, to say, don't, you know, just check your brains at the door. You know, my dad encouraged me to think about things, to think about my faith, to even question my faith in certain regards. And so I was, I was, you know, questioning things and growing in things and asking for questions, asking for answers and, and searching to find them, uh, through theology. And, um, yeah, I went to, uh, to, to seminary, got a, a degree in theology and then, uh, in Portland, Oregon. And, um, yeah. And then I, I kind of bounced around. I was in a band, I was a, a singer and, uh, and I then I started, yeah. I started teaching the Bible probably, I don't know, five years ago at a local church. And then, um, you know, it was, it was kind of the rest is, is history. Now I, I have a, uh, an organization that I started with my brother called Theos U and, uh, it's on Instagram. The handle is Theos University. And basically what we do is it's, it's like a Netflix for theology where we just take people through the Bible and uh, it's, it's, you know, you pay a monthly subscription of like, I think it's 14 bucks right now and you get access to tons of classes, uh, kind of anything your heart, your heart desires. So I hope you've sorted out that very quick up next speed. You know, you don't have time to exit out and then the next episode plays. That's a key ingredient in getting the Netflix ingredients right <laughs> yeah that's right yeah no our our speed is like our, it's lightning bro next, it's, i think next. it's i think it's like a it's like yeah it's like a, a three second next speed so yeah, yeah it's good it's good so so i guess like I, so you've been within the same tradition probably your whole life and and learning and developing within a, like a non-denominational christianity is is that is like have you has, has your beliefs during your upbringing and time, have they drastically changed at all? Have they drastically changed? I suppose when I began reading church history, they did. Yes. In in what ways? When when you were reading church history, what would what changed? What changed was. Um, have you ever seen a Gothic cathedral? Yeah, one or two. Okay. Have you been like in Europe? Yeah. 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 
I remember when I was in Austria, uh, I think it was Vienna and, um, I was, I was just kind of moseying around Vienna and it was, it was fun. You know, the, the, the Viennese are fun, delightful people. I think I was eating, you know, um, some sort of pork concoction and, uh, you know, after dinner, kind of walking around the street, the cobblestone streets. And I turned a corner and I saw this Gothic cathedral. It's called St. Stephen's. And there's something about St. Stephen's when I saw it, it honestly, it, it looked like a, like a, like aliens built it. <laughs> it didn't look like anything else around it. And, you know, Vienna is a, is an old city, but St. Stephen's was, I think built, I don't know, gosh, maybe in the thir- uh, 13th century, 14th century. And so this is a 700 year old building and it just looked like a spaceship and it looked like something that I did not understand. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, and I just, I I kind of feel like reading historic Christianity and actually diving into the history of the church. It's that sort of thing where, you know, it's a building. So it's got that down. You kind of know where the entrance is. So you got that down, but there are so many other things within Gothic architecture that, that, that are really, drastically different than what you're used to. It's not, it's not the same vibe as a little chapel, you see, like, and that's, I would say my theology is moving into a direction that is more Gothic, (laughs) you know, and I kind of like it. I kind of like the, the, the tension between, between the, the, in, within the architecture. I like the fact that it doesn't fit into neat, cute, little, uh, modern, uh, categories and labels. I like the fact that it's something that is made by the church and by the leaders of the church and by God and not by myself. Uh, but it's something that I can look to and turn to, um, as, as a refuge of strength. And, um, and I, I just, I see it kind of, you know, this, I see it as a spaceship, maybe hovering throughout, through the ages, you know, that's the historic church. Um, that, that, that is the church that I want to belong to. Mm-hmm. There's an element of what I'm hearing as I've spoken to Rob Bell, as I hear some of Richard Raw's ideas and has, as I listen to you, the same thread is kind of there that, that maybe the listeners, friends of the show uh, have picked up in that, you're saying you like to go to history and and be informed by that long lineage and that long tradition that then informs your faith and you kind of keep your faith. You're describing a faith that's still developing and and still growing. But I, but they also say the same thing. They go, you know, Richard Raw would actually say I'm more orthodox than anyone. People might think I'm making up these ideas and I'm liberal. And you even, I guess, said that being like, these ideas aren't new. They all go kind of way back. And we end up with at the end. We end up in the most obvious place, which is a political divide, a very wide political divide that goes, what does it look to be a Christian? And the liberals would say, they'd go, well, it looks like me fighting uh, like against injustice. It looks like me doing everything I can to help the poor, to serve, to, to really vote in ways that release oppression and all those types of things. And then you've got the more conservative divide that looks to more... Uh, I guess the quote-unquote conservative side of politics and it comes out on different issues like sanctity of life in abortion and preserving the family unit 
and I guess my question is, what is the the danger in going down the woke theology path where you kind of might listen to the Rob Bells and go, you know what, I do think it's all about loving my neighbor and, and just trying to love people and not worry about tradition or not worry about Christianity as I've known it. What do you think the danger in that is? Well, yeah, I I think that the danger in liberal theology, woke theology, uh, if we can, you know, call it as a categorical term liberal. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think, I think that's, a, that that's, a, that's, I'm fine with, with doing that, but I just think that what it is, is it's, as I said, from the beginning, it's the kind of theology, the danger of it is, 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 is not that you end up with the wrong theology. It's that you end up with no theology at all. It's that uh-huh. you end up with no, it's, it's that you end up with no society at all. I mean, if we're, if we're debating on, on the nature of the family, then we're debating on the fundamental nerve, uh, the fundamental nervous system of, of society. I mean, society is simply a collection of families. You know, it's Mm -hmm. every single individual came from a family. Um, even if it was a broken, even if it was a broken family, people aren't born in test tubes and raised by robots. The idea here is that the family is the, is the, the, the fundamental foundation stone of society because it is a society. It's it. The family is its own society. And I would say that the same goes for the family of God. The family of God, the church, is its own society. And what we see throughout church history is that the church, as the family of God, decides who is in the family and who is out of the family. And that has to do with the authority that the parents of the church have. And I believe that the authority of the church has made decisions on what is orthodox theology and what is not orthodox theology. And I also believe that it's consistent over the course of 2000 years. And so what I would say as a rebuttal to uh, a gentleman like uh, Richard Rohr or um, Rob Bell is simply that you, there's what their beliefs constitute uh, fall outside of the parameters of orthodox theology. It, it, what what I mean by that is if you look at the roadway of the broad roadway of theology when when a person says, "Well, I'm on the right road," I would just say that a person of common sense would look at the road over the last 2000 years, you know, and go through church history and say, "Okay, well, do what is what you believe the same as what is what was taught by the Bible?" Okay, on a plain reading, well, if it's not, then it, is it is it the same as what was taught by the Didache? It, is it the same that was taught by Irenaeus? Uh, is it the same that was taught by um, Athanasius? Is it the same that was taught by Ambrose and uh, uh, um, you know Saint Gregory the Great and Pope Leo the Great and Saint Augustine and Saint John Damascene and Thomas Aquinas and you know, like, is what you believe, is what you believe along the roadway of the councils of the church, of the creeds of the church. If it's not, then you're off the, that's, that's the road and you're, you're not on that road. Now you can say Mm -hmm. that that's not the road. You can say that that's not the road. That's fine, but that's just not commonsensical. Mm -hmm. 
right? That's that's yeah. You'd have to rely on so you'd have to rely on sophisticated argumentation in order to prove that a person of common sense is going to say, what are the things that the church has always believed? What are the things that the church has always taught? Those things are mm. are the things that make up the road. Those are the things that make up the pathway. Mm-hmm. So, so, th- so the idea is, you know, I would say those gentlemen are off road. I would say right. that those gentlemen are, are, are even dare I say in the ditch. <laughs> and I think that, and I think that, and I think, I think that people who subscribe to those, to those beliefs end up shipwrecking their faith. I uh-huh. genuinely believe that uh-huh. they, 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 en- they end up, as I've said from the beginning, they end up believing in everything else other than Christianity. Uh-huh. You're, you're kind of saying that as you watch the outcome of people who follow these beliefs, you're, you're looking and going, okay, where are these people ending up? And you're seeing them kind of leave the tradition their beliefs kind of collapse. You see them leave Christianity and you go, they clearly are off that road and kind of in the ditch. And if, and if you look back, it sounds very, the, what you're describing, it sounds almost very Catholic, which is funny to me because I, I, I hear the same thing. I've said it multiple times now, the same thing in like what Richard Raw would say about the Catholic church. He goes, the Catholic church looks to tradition and it looks at the, the church has a role. Whereas like the Protestantism I grew up in, we're like, what's tradition? Ah, we just read the Bible. Um, but the Catholic tradition goes, no, no, there's a long lineage that this, like the church has its place because it's come through this, this history. And we can kind of look back. It has an authority as well. Whereas my Protestant tradition was more like, no, no, we got the Bible. We don't need tradition. <laughs> but it sounds like yeah, you're, yeah. you're kind of going, no, as I look at history, I'm looking at the tradition coming through and I'm looking at, you know, the church reject these teachings early on. And it's kind of, you're kind of looking at it in a similar way to how many Catholics see their church tradition. Does that sound similar? Yes. I would call, I yeah. would consider myself a small, a small C Catholic. Yes. Ah, I, 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 be, I believe in the, in the, I believe in the, in the historic church. I believe in the historic teachings of the church. Uh, I would call myself a Thomist. I believe in, I believe that, that Thomas Aquinas um, was the greatest theologian, um, in, aside from the apostle Paul that the church has ever produced. And mm-hmm. so again, I would just, I would, I, I would wonder, you know, the, it's an interesting thing because Pope Leo the 13th, um, who I'm sure Richard Rohr would know, uh, as a uh, apparently uh, self uh, self appointed good Catholic, apparently uh, Orthodox Catholic, he he should know Leo the Thirteenth. Well, Leo the uh, Thirteenth famously um, uh, launched an, an encyclical, I believe, called um, uh, the Perennial Philosophy, uh, Perennis something in Latin. I am not my Latin is not good enough to remember, but. The idea here is that Pope Leo the Thirteenth uh, made a promulgation that Saint Thomas Aquinas was the go-to uh, teacher of the Church, the go-to theologian of the Church. And I would just say that I don't believe that Richard Rohr agrees with Thomas's theology. I, mm. I don't think a guy like like Richard Rohr would would agree with his own Church. And so, if mm. he doesn't agree with his own Church, I would I would almost love to just go through the Catholic catechism with him and say, mm. do you believe this? <laughs> do you believe this? And, and watch him kind of 
you know, dance around the beliefs in the, the plain teaching of the Catholic catechism. The truth is that if you want to talk Catholic the, about the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church is in a crisis. Uh, the Catholic Church is, 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 is at an all time low uh, of spirituality. And, uh, you know, obviously we saw the pedophile priests, you know, the, the, the well, what are really the, the, homo, the homosexual priests uh, who were molesting boys, right? Because, you know, heterosexual, a heterosexual man typically doesn't molest boys. Um, a homosexual man typically does. So there was, there's a, there's a, a homosexual priest That's gonna crisis. fire up some people in my base, but we'll let that slide. Well, I mean, no, no, I'm just, I'm no, just no, trying no, to be reasonable here. Keep going, like, keep going up. We'll, we'll talk about that okay. some other time. <laughs> okay, great. Well, the, the idea here is that the Catholic church, uh, with the, with the sexual abuse, uh, crisis, um, it, it, you know, that comes from a very dark place. That is, that is a very dark thing. Molesting children is a very mm. evil and wicked mm. and dark thing. And it is satanic. And I believe that the, the Catholic church has allowed this to take place over the last 75 years. I believe that there's been an infiltration within the Catholic church. A, a spiritual darkness within the Catholic church. And so when I see Catholic priests like Richard Rohr uh, saying that they're Catholic, I'm not saying that he's guilty of any of those crimes, but I am saying that I've seen a lot of Catholic priests who actually deny their own faith and still call themselves Catholic priests. So I just, it's, it's, it's not new for me to, to, to find a guy like Richard Rohr saying that he's Orthodox but really he's not, he's kind of living in a la la land. And the truth mm -hmm. is, is I don't know who his Bishop is, but if I was his Bishop, I would literally go through the catechism with him and prove to him that he doesn't believe in what the church teaches. <laughs> I, I would just, I, that's the, that's the, that's actually the role of a Bishop, which is to bring correction to priests and uh, to even laicize priests. And actually that's what happened with, uh, getting back to liberation theology, that's actually what happened with Father uh, Gustavo Gutierrez. He was laicized. He was he was censored and he was told not to teach. And he was told not to teach by the Vatican because they, they believed that his teaching was not only erroneous, but dangerous. So the main heavy critique that would be leveled at the worldview you're outlining there and let's say woke theology would throw this at you and it would say, listen, I see that Jesus was about including everybody, making a wider table. And what I'm hearing is a strict criteria of who's in and who's out. And what I want to do is, is do what Jesus did and include the widow, the orphan, the outcast, the Roman, the Pharisee. I want to include them all. And I don't, I no longer want to be categorizing, you need to believe this or be like this or have this uh, look or belief system in, in order to be part of the kingdom of God. What would be your response to that idea? They'd say, they'd say, Gabe, I can't get on board with what you're saying because it's too exclusive. It, it excludes others. And Jesus was all about inclusion. And I just want to include, what do you, what would you say to that? I would say that they, they're just exposing their bias. They're exposing their, their bias towards inclusion that the real God they worship is the God of inclusion and not the God of, of, 
the Bible, the God of history, the God of the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like at some at some point, an honest truth, a tr- somebody who really wants to know the truth about something. You know, if, 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 if I said, hey, uh, we're going to learn the truth about, you know, rockets today. You know, we're going to learn the truth about um, we're going to learn the truth about Venus flytraps. We're going to learn the truth about poison darts. Everybody would be like, oh, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. You know, <laughs> the more drastic, the more drastic, the more the more um, uh, precarious, you could say, the more people would care about the truth. Well, I mean, if people if if people come to God saying, I don't really I don't really I, 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 I'm, I don't really believe in what you're about to tell me because I've chosen not to believe in right and wrong or in an ultimate sense of right and wrong uh, or in an ultimate judge of the world. I don't believe that you should, that, you, that, that people, God's going to send people to hell. I don't believe that, that God's going to reject anybody. Well, if you, if you come to the Bible with that prejudice, with that bias, then you're not going to believe in the Bible. It's, I mean, it's like, it's like, I would just say, that's fine. That's where you're at. I love you. God bless you. I'll pray for you. But it's like, I'm not interested in arguing at that point because, um, because they've already made up their mind. But if someone comes to me and says, Gabe, what does the Bible say about going to hell? Well, I would say Jesus, Jesus himself said in the Sermon on the Mount that, um, it's better to, it's better to, um, you know, pluck your eye out or cut your hand off than go into hell, uh, with your, with, with, uh, your whole body be cast into hell with your whole body. Was it Jesus was talking about throwing people into hell for lusting? Yeah. He says, if you've lust, he said, if you lust after a woman, you've committed adultery with her in your heart and you're guilty of mortal sin and you're going to go to hell. That's what Mm -hmm. Jesus said. I didn't say that. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't make that up, you know, turn to Matthew chapter five and read it yourself. I, it's like, I don't know what the Greek words are there, you know, in terms of getting, get, getting behind all that stuff. But I think Jesus talked about hell. I think Jesus talked about being thrown into hell. I think Jesus talked about being sent to hell. I think Jesus talked about, you know, things that were drastic. And so, I would just say, look, if you don't believe in hell, if you don't believe that that you can reject God and reject his truth, then, yeah, you're coming at the Bible with your own prejudice, with your own bias and um, and your own skepticism. And that just reveals that. I I hope that's an adequate answer. No, no, I think that, that's a that's a great answer. So just to finish up, yeah. Gabe, you've like I've loved the chat. Thanks for spending so much time to. I mean, I could keep going for for a long time, but I'll I'll, I'll wind it up. I've, I think I've really we should. I know. I think we should keep going. I think we should keep going. Well, well, I can go for I can go for as long as you want. Let's start, but let's start answering questions in the chat. I mean, these okay. people are chirping me, bro. Let these people what are I'll chirping do, me. What I'll do is let me, I'll let me at the trolls. <laughs> All right, I'll hold you back for a little bit longer. You're gonna go blocking and deleting people real quick. So, just to, the question I ask to to kind of like wrap up the podcast segment on the show, and maybe I'll like have the Gabe Gabe answers questions in the chat because that's great as well. That people in the live chat have been uh, tuning in, and and normally I try and get to some some questions. I've tried to weave some of them in uh, as I've gone through. You've we've spent a lot of time going how you say. W- answering the question, I guess, how you see like woke theologians or liberals and, and how you see them interpret the Bible. One question I would ask you is, how do you think they see you? 
when they look at you, Gabe, the Bible teacher, how do you think the Rob Bells of the world see you? You'd have to ask Rob Bell. I don't think he knows who I am, and I don't think he cares. And I don't think he. And <laughs> I don't think he should. Right? I'm a, like the... I'm a no. I'm a compared to Rob Bell, I'm a nobody. So <laughs> we that. we all are, Gabe. Um, don't worry. But as okay. far as like the the maybe the people in the chat who might who might subscribe to a liberation theology interpretation of the Bible, how do you think that person sees you? I hope I hope they see me charitably. Um, I hope I see them charitably. Mm. Um, I, I, I genuinely don't believe that just because someone is um, opposing me, they're yeah. my enemy. Um, mm-hmm. I also don't I also don't believe that people um, are malicious in their uh, in their even in their errors. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would hope that they see me charitably and that I see them charitably. And I think that if, if I was in conversation with, with, with some, even somebody like Richard Rohr, uh, if you, if you, if you pulled him up on the chat, I think him and I would have a delightful time talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, enjoy, does that yeah. make sense? He, yeah. Yeah. He, even, even though, even though I think he may be wrong in certain areas, I would still have an enjoyable time and I'd try to be as respectful as possible. Mm. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's a difficult question to answer because I, 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 I'm not, you know, that's a Freudian sort of question where it's like, I'm not telepathic. So I don't really mm. know. I would hope, mm. uh, as I said, that they would see me charitably and I would hope that they would see me reasonably. I would hope that someone would say, you know, um, Gabe, you know, uh, what are your reasons for what you believe? Because I do believe that reason is the common ground here. I think that we ought to be able to reason with one another. And if we can't reason with one another, I don't think that there's anything that we can, that we, I don't think there's anything else that we can do other than reason with one another, because, because really, you know, if, if we're not reasoning, then we're, we're kind of just doing whatever we want. You know, I think reason is a common ground. And so I, I would hope that people can see me as a reasonable person uh, even if they disagree with me, they would say, okay, mm-hmm. they would say, okay, I see how you get that. You know, I see how you mm-hmm. get that, that view. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gabe, it's been absolutely awesome to talk to you. I've had a fantastic time. If people want to get a hold of you, what you're doing, your work, where can they do that? Yeah. So as I said, um, we have a, a, an organization called Theos University. That's the handle on Instagram, Theos University. Uh, it's, uh, the website is theosu.ca, a uh, nice Canadian, uh, uh website there. <laughs> and people can go to this website. And, guys, as, as don't I said, go to it. a communist website, we're commies. That's why I'm wearing my pink socialist shirt. Um, my, uh, my black Antifa, uh, cardigan, <laughs> shawl cardigan, <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, yeah. So people can, people can reach me there. Um, I have, uh, an Instagram obviously that I'm using so you can reach me there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this and you've made it one hour 50 in, congratulations, <laughs> but stick around. If, <laughs> if you didn't agree with a single word that was uttered by Gabe this entire time and you're still here, you have just made it to the Ideas Digest Hall of Fame. That is the point. <laughs> that is the purpose. 
Do is this a debate? No, it isn't a debate. Am I here to prove someone else wrong? No, I'm just here to understand. And if you're if you're still here, so are you. So thanks for joining us. Because agree or disagree, who really cares? Can we understand the person that might be on the other side of that divisive idea? Hopefully, I've given some insight. I've definitely missed a lot of questions, a lot of different rabbit holes that presented themselves, and I dove down a few of them, but there's plenty more left. So if I missed a question, (laughs) shoot it through to me on Instagram or shoot me an email. What did I miss? What do you wish you would have known? If you want to engage in that practice, asking that question, rather than pushing through, here's why you're wrong, Gabe, blah, 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 blah. Can you ask a question? What did... What, what question would help you understand his worldview a little bit more? That's the purpose of the show. Thanks for tuning in. If you're still here, it has become your moral obligation to rate and review the show. Only five stars. I noticed I got a one-star review from somebody. I read it. It was a little sad. But you know what? <laughs> any, any publicity I'll take. So, you know, if you've got to give a one-star, then, then go for it. So, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I will have to catch you all in the next episode. But, Gabe, I, I, I think Gabe's going to stick around and fire some... Um, some responses to some of the chats we've had a great